pinch me. (laughs) I'm an author. I wrote a book, Destined for Greatness, Living an Inspired Life from Head to Tippy Toes. If you haven't already gotten your copy, you may head over to my website, sarahnoose.com, or go to Amazon and check out Sarah Noose, Destined for Greatness. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Destined for Greatness podcast, where we believe that each person is destined for greatness. I am your host, Sarah Noose, and I'm sitting across the table from my handsome co-host, who's my husband, Adam. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. How's it going? Oh, great. Good. How about you? So good. So good. I think this is fun. Maybe it's because it's my book. So fun and easier to talk about because sometimes I don't really know the people that you Okay, but you always do really well. Well, thanks. (laughs) But it's a lot easier to talk about you. Well, thanks, babe. So we're diving into my book, Destined for Greatness, that was released in September. And we've kind of flipped the scritch, scritch. Maybe that could be a new word, script. Yep. Script. (laughs) There was new words in the dictionary added. There were. Scritch. Doppelganger. Yep. There we go. (laughs) Good job. Adam listens at church. That is good to know. (laughs) We learned that at church. Um, So we've flipped the script and Adam has been asking me questions about my book, which has been really fun. And now we are on chapter three, which I think was a good title of partnering with others Mm -hmm. and God, Mm -hmm. but partnering with others. And I think um, entrepreneurs, we often make it up as we go and kind of seems to be the pattern of our life. Mm -hmm. Um, So we look at this point of your book, uh, you have 20 daycares now that you're visiting weekly. That's a lot to take along with school. Mm -hmm. How'd you Mm -hmm. handle that? Um, you know, I was 19 years old. And so I think maybe one of the benefits of that was, you know, in high school, you go from like, wake up school, sports, sports, other things, group meetings, whatever, to bed, crash. I feel like that was college for me. Like I never had the whole sleep in, go late to school, miss classes. Like I feel like I always stayed in my go, go, go mentality. Maybe that's just the way God created me. But um, it was really fun to be 19 and all of a sudden have 20 daycares. Um, It was busy. I remember, and this is so silly now, you probably wouldn't have gone after me had you seen me at this point. But like I would full on, I was wearing full on dance outfit, like leotard in tights in a black skirt. And I'd wear a sweatshirt over it and go to school. Like I went to school in a long dance skirt. Like that's pretty lame. Like college. I think you did after I was, we were dating, right? So that's on you now. I think you were doing that. (laughs) That's on you, Adam. But, um, but it was one of those things that I would run and teach classes. I always scheduled my college courses really early in the morning. So I think I've always just kind of been an early person. So my first class most days was 7am. So with college, I could be done by nine or 10. And then I had the whole day to work and make money and, um, and do tippy toes. So I had to do that when I had all of these schools come about. And that's a good way to stay out of trouble. We need to get our kids doing yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Seven o'clock classes. Yes. Yeah. Except I almost failed racquetball because it was like a 9 a.m. class and I mm. slept in too many times on really? Fridays. Really? Yeah. Well, that's, but that's on I passed. You. I got a pee. Yeah, that's good. And we've learned from 
previous chapters that a P will work. Yeah. Those early <laughs> classes on a Friday yeah. were tough to make. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't have been so naughty on Thursday, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about it. But. Yeah. Um, so I think as this chapter goes on, you talk about hiring somebody, mm-hmm. which as we've gone through, we've both had to hire a lot of people over the years. Yeah. But that first one, I can remember being a part of it. That was a... Uh, Intense first hire. Yeah. The funny thing, it's like, how professional was I to bring my boyfriend and my best friend at the time into the hiring process? Oh, so professional. <laughs> Babe, I had never been interviewed aside from the on the border Mexican cantina waitressing job. I'd never, never been interviewed for anything. And there I am trying to hire somebody. And the process, as I dissect in the book, goes crazy. I had like a three-step process. I had a multiple choice test that this poor girl had to take. I acted like she was up against 30 other people when really she was the lone soldier. Her name was Casey and I needed her so desperately bad, but I made it seem like, you know, you'd be lucky to get this job. (laughs) She was lucky. Do you remember we like so she did a phone interview, which was great. Like I literally asked her what her favorite color was. Like that was one of the interview questions. But then to step it up a notch, we said, well, you need to come for an in-person interview. Do you remember that? I do. <laughs> Very clearly. That's really funny. So I invite Adam over and my roommate Chanda at the time, and we had printed off all sorts of questions to ask her. And the three of us were sitting on the couch and we put a chair in the middle of the room and she came and had to sit in the middle of the room in a chair. And we, we were serious. We fired questions at her. Um, and she passed with flying colors. And, um, I think she took on like six hours or something. So it was a pretty intense job interview for not very many, um, you know, work hours, but she hung in there with me for a long time and allowed me to learn a lot with her (laughs) joining the team. I can remember you gave us a big pep talk to be serious and be professional in it. uh, So fun. So funny. I remember too, one of the funny things we did is we had some tippy toe shirts in my room. And so we left her. Do you remember this? We left her in the living room. We said, we'll be back. We're going to go discuss the further steps. And we went and we changed our shirts into tippy toe shirts and we brought her one and we came out screaming, woohoo, you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, when on earth is that ever okay? It, it is with tippy toes, I guess. But thankfully for many of our franchise owners, um, they don't have to do that process when hiring their teachers. And thankfully for our teachers, it's much simpler. Um, so anyways, but we have really great women no matter what, but still some of my very favorite hires um, were Casey, the first one. And then we hired another five after that. And, um, I don't think you and Chanda were enough for that because you guys helped. But then I brought in my mom, my dad, and both my sisters to the hiring process. So it became a round table. It's <laughs> funny. You know, I think back at that time and how hard it was to, um, give over that control mm. and, and kind of give up, uh, some of that, that challenge with the first hire yeah. and handing over your baby over to them and hoping that they succeed. Right. What it, I know, it's kind of necessary to prevent that burnout that you probably would have gone through if you kept going. So how do you suggest entrepreneurs taking on that first hire? Yeah. So I think one of the things, and I wish I could remember who told me this, but, um, somebody once told me that I could either have a hundred percent of everything that I did, or I could, you know, hire people or franchise tippy toes out or 
bring other people on board and I could have 80 to 90% um, control over it. And is it okay if I'm, you know, I think if I was still just doing what I was doing, I'd probably teach maybe 300 or 400 kids and that would be it. But now because I was able to learn how to release control a little bit, we're teaching over 8,000 dancers across the U S and China. And so I think it's really important, a really important art to learn. I remember it being very hard because what happens is God created us each so individually. And so what I think works great, other people might not have the same gift or talent as me and bring something totally different into it. And so I think that's the challenge is I was expecting everybody to verbatim be exactly like me, like, no, this is how you teach the class. Um, and what I had to learn was no, everybody brings their uniqueness to it. And the foundation of tippy toes is the same. Our dances are the same. Our songs are the same, but our greeting is different. You know, it's like, I say, Hey kids, how are you guys? And somebody might say, hello, I'm Miss Emily or something. Like I have to be okay with that. And so it was the slight variations. Um, but what I have to know is the heartbeat of tippy toes is what we've wanted to keep in check since day one. And I think when you're an entrepreneur and you make things up as you go, like the title states, it's important that, um, you know, you release some of it and allow other people's creativity. And I think when we do that as owners, it allows you to grow as a person for one, but it also expands your business in beautiful ways because had we not franchised our business, it'd be completely different. It's every single owner, every single person that has worked with tippy toes has allowed it to shape itself differently and in such a beautiful and more effective way than I could have done on my own. So going together with people is essential, I believe. Yeah. And there's certainly some fear to it, but you mm -hmm. have a diagram that yeah. certainly helps with calling it uh, refocusing your fear. Yeah. And you talk a lot about uh, rejection and failure. How do you kind of encourage people through that to kind of step out and do something different? Yeah. I think that's a good question, Adam, because, um, I think refocusing our mindset on what we're doing. I remember early on, I got shut down when I went into a school and was making a cold call and I started to think about all the things that could happen. Like, well, what if they don't like me? What if, um, they've already have a program I would you know, get sweaty armpits. I would be like, I don't want them to say no. And for a little while, it kept me out of going into the schools, but I had to refocus my thought and think, but I'm giving them such an opportunity. Um, I'm giving them unity in their school. I get to teach their kids dance, which is exercise. I get to um, help families out that don't want to race around at the end of the day. It's a powerful bonus to the school. It creates energy and imagination. So I had to start thinking, what are all the positive things and why am I doing what I'm doing? And I think that's important with anybody. When you really are purposeful and believe in what you're doing, you can sell anything, but it's when we allow our self doubt and self fear to come in, allows us to not take action. And so I think one of the important things with that is recognizing when you do have that fear and you're, you know, worried about kind of what's going to happen to recognize it, acknowledge it. Okay. Now move past it. And so I think that's probably for anybody, um, to look at that diagram and kind of see what my brain was doing at that point and, and kind of relate yourself to where you are in your position today. I love it. <laughs> So, uh, so I think as it continues on, we talk about how, and I, it reminds me of when we were going through this and, and, uh, we, 
we were both graduating and trying to figure out what was next. And I was going to get my master's at Wichita State. And mm-hmm. instead of either A, following me to Wichita, <laughs> or B, staying in Norman where you felt comfortable and mm-hmm. had a business growing, mm-hmm. you took a chance and, and went to Kansas City. Yeah. And and kind of changed some things up there. So what happened? <laughs> right. So I talk about that in in the book too. I talk about how, so you're a little tiny bit younger than me. So like one year in two school. Years. <laughs> no, it's not two years. Right now we're two years different. Okay. So anyways. For one more week. <laughs> for one more week till Adam turns 40. Um, so this is pre-recorded, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so um, Adam was going off to Wichita State. And the thing I love about you and admire about you is like you loved me and were into me, but like you were going to finish school and you were going to do what you said you were going to do. I was like, hey, let's get married and like just go get married together. I just wanted to be married to you so bad, but you weren't having it um, until you finished school. Um, whatever. You love that about me now. I love that about you now. <laughs> and I'm like, that's what our kids should do. But I was ready to get married, but you weren't. And so um, I thought, you know what? I'm not going to... I s- was ready. I just was going to finish school. I needed money. Yeah. You needed money. Um, which is good. Um, but anyways, so I could have stayed at Oklahoma and there wasn't, you know, we weren't going to live together before we got married. And so I wasn't going to move to Wichita. I had no reason to move to Wichita, especially since you were going to be there for such a short time because you're so whippity smart and was able to get through (laughs) that master's program quickly. But I had a unique opportunity to live with my grandmother and I actually have a whole chapter dedicated to all the things I learned about Graham. Um, but I was able to move there and just try to, you know, I had the luxury, I guess you could say of living free rent, which was kind of nice, um, with my Graham. And so I got to try something else, which was operate tippy toes in Oklahoma, but then also expand it to Kansas city, Missouri and start classes all throughout the Kansas city Metro area. And it was a huge success. All I had to do was do what I was doing, go make cold calls, teach dance and spend time with my grandmother. And it was the, one of the most fun years of my life where I really grew and learned and also got to become an even more savvy business person because I got to operate, um, two different States, which, you know, I'd have to go back to Oklahoma and check on things. I had a manager there and was hoping things were going well and would learn the art of calling people a lot, talking to my teachers, the schools, and realizing at that point how important connection is to growth, that people want to work for people that they love and feel respected by. And so I felt like that was a powerful uh, season in my life where I learned that connection piece. And I've tried to take it with me that when people feel loved and known and valued, that they'll work really hard for you. And then the, the friendship is the byproduct of it, which, um, luckily with tippy toes, I've had a lot of friendships throughout the years, um, based on, you know, a working relationship turn into something even more beautiful. You know, I think, uh, that now we can look back and realize that was such a pivotal point and a turning point for us and and how God was looking out for us and it, everybody wants to figure out how to make their business duplicatable mm-hmm. another made up word yeah I like it to duplicate their business and mm-hmm. and to be able to do it um, into multiple you get calls all the time about how to do that so yeah. uh, chapter three really gets into that um, was that kind of the tipping point uh, was moving there or was there more to that tipping point I think what it was, honestly, Adam, was 
your graduation. And I think one of the things that you said was, or I know it was pivotal for me in my life is I kept trying to figure out what my job was going to be all the while I was making a fantastic income doing what I loved. But you know, there was, I didn't need a degree to start tippy toes or to continue tippy toes, but I was making a, you know, a great salary. And so I think I was thinking that I had to do what everybody else was doing. I needed to interview and get a job and have, you know, the support of a financial institute, you know, maybe being able to back me with a 401k and all that stuff. And I wanted that security. I thought until you said, why are you not just doing tippy toes? You're doing so well with that. And I thought, why am I not just doing tippy toes? And it was that moment where I was like, wait, I think I can do this. And so that was a huge tipping point for me to know that wherever we moved, because I knew we were going to get married, wherever we moved, I could just keep building tippy toes. And as long as I kept those relationships intact with the managers where I had them, then it was going to continue to grow. And so that was a huge pivotal point for me. And I think one of the big things I talk about a lot is surrounding yourself with great people. You believed in me so much that it was hard for me to not believe in myself. So fun. (laughs) (laughs) So as others kind of look to take that next big step, Mm -hmm. what's kind of your insight or, um, advice for them mm-hmm. on being willing to take that next big step. I feel like I keep giving the same advice at the end of each chapter, which I don't know. It's what I stand by pretty clearly, but it's take action. Like do it. If you have something that the Lord puts on your heart, it's time to take action and move forward. It's going to be scary. And, um, you have to celebrate. There's going to be hard stuff that matters. Not everything goes as planned. And, um, had everything gone right the way I thought it would, nothing would really be right in my life. You know, I would have been working as a teacher someplace and I wouldn't get this fruitful life that God called me to do. So had I not gotten fired, um, tippy toes would have never started. Had, had school become really easy for me, tippy toes would have never started. Um, so I think none of us want to go through the hard, uh, but also to celebrate some of those moments that we come out on the other side really, really changed and impacted and then living the life that God called us to do. So that would be my advice. Great advice. (laughs) Well, thanks, babe. This was fun. Good job. Thanks. Hey, it's Sarah Noose, and I believe that you are destined for greatness. Do you have a dream inside of you? You think about wanting more out of life? Well, I have seen incredible life change happen all across the country by women who have signed up for my four-week accountability group. I would love to offer you the opportunity for real life change. Head on over to saranews.com and sign up. There's limited spots available, but I would love to get to know you, have you join, and watch you conquer your dreams. If this podcast was helpful, it would mean the world to me to have you rate it, review it, and share it on social media. Social media is a big place. And to reach more people, I would love your help. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, you are destined for greatness.